Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Wanted to make sure you were listening to the Bill Simmons podcast this year. We stepped it up with the guests. I don't even have time to list all of them, but let's just say we have had a who's who of A-listers, A-minus-listers, B-plus-listers in sports, pop culture, movies, music. I mean, where else can you get Kevin Durant, Steve Ballmer, Jimmy Iovine, and Charlize Theron in the span of six weeks? Nowhere. The answer is nowhere. You can find that literally nowhere other than the Bill Simmons podcast. We are in year 11. It's been an honor to do it. Hope you subscribe. The Bill Simmons Podcast. Check it out. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I need sports to have to clear the room. Stand up and walk now. Now. Hello and welcome to The Watch, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Andy Greenwald. Chris Ryan, still on vacation, but we're thinking of him. Got a special episode for you today. Amy Landecker, one of the stars of Amazon's Golden Globe and Emmy-winning series, Transparent, stopped by. We had a terrific talk. We talked a lot about season four of Transparent, which is available on Amazon Prime now. Also about her career, about the unique spirit of the show, and also about how the show is navigating the political climate of today, and a little bit more. Total pleasure to talk to Amy. So great to have her in here. As you'll see, we make a couple jokes about it. She she knows from from microphones because her dad is about to be inducted into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. He's a, a Chicago rock and roll DJ. So she was very comfortable in the studio, and it was great to talk to her. Let's get right into it. Here is my conversation with Amy Landecker from Transparent. We're canning. We're canning. <laughs> I, I'm so happy to be joined by Amy Landecker, who is here only to talk about um, the radio industry. Because he didn't know I was an actor. No, but it turns out, so you're in show business. How's that going? It's going okay. <laughs> I can't believe it, but I seem to actually make a living. So We should probably talk I about that. I think only I'm 2% these. of the union makes a living, so I feel like we're, 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 we've arrived. You're part of the 2%. I'm part of the 2%. Yeah, forget the, yeah, the 98% that yeah, just— It's not just the country. It's also SAG-AFTRA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's this coastal elite stuff? You guys, yeah, fighting over scraps too. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I think people do want to talk. They want to hear politics, and they want to hear about Chicago rock radio in the seventies. Yes. 70s. yes. Um, and we will get back to that. Yes. But I did want to talk about the new season of Transparent. Yes, that's probably what why you had me here. It's I, not the only reason. I'm on a show that seems to matter, so we should talk about that. People like it. <laughs> yeah, it's been kind of. Um, I have to say. I, I feel like this season, and it's only been out a couple of days, yes. people are freaking. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because we're in, like, a new era. Yeah. Um, or, um, but, I mean, but personally, like, we, you know, I don't, I, I know reviews come, you know, can be good, bad, whatever, but I'm not really talking about that. I mm-hmm. guess I mean more like you sense every year sort of your the collective consciousness about what you just put out. Yeah. And we've all been talking to each other going, are you getting more than ever? Like, oh, this is the best season ever. Like, That's and, interesting. And I think part of it is that people are so thirsty for something that feels aligned to their own beliefs and lifestyle because the country has kind of kicked it back in the ass. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's because you, when you're at this point in the show, people really know where they are and they can kind of settle in a little bit. You know what I mean? Yes. I I, I was going to ask you about the response to this season. I've, I've watched the first few episodes. Um, so if you're listening, no spoilers past the very beginning, I promise. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Oh, and good. there's something about it that I'm enjoying that I thought was sort of specific to this season that I was curious your opinion on. There's a sort of looseness to the beginning of the season mm-hmm. that struck me. 
And I found it very appealing. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was um, not just this majestic, brilliant, um, boundary-pushing show that that is still with us, that it still is. But in a way, it was almost an old-fashioned TV feeling of, hey, they're back. This family's <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, My yeah. pals are back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the episodes in the beginning, anyway, um, seem to be swirling around larger themes in a very gentle way. We're building to something, obviously. There's a, you know, uh, Jill and her uh, co-conspirators always have a nice sense of an yeah. arc to a season. And yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. there's an opening monologue that Aliyah Alia Shawkat, Alia Shawkat yes. gives that I think obviously sets a tone for what, what's to come. Yes. But in general, I was finding it a very gentle and pleasant re-entry, yes. if that makes sense. Yes. I actually sort of had a very gentle and pleasant season, which was weird to watch. Yeah. I mean, I'm. we definitely do get intense. You know, the show never stops that. I think there's a real, I don't know, like it's just there's something about it wants the show wants to make you laugh cry and feel really uncomfortable and turned on all at the same time and that oh, yeah. that takes a lot of elements and there's always a part where i like there's always this part where i'm watching where i'm like uncomfortable it's so hard even for you yes even, even as for a, me you're even on as the someone show. in it you've read the oh, scripts oh yeah for sure i mean sh- they push you know and i think that's why but you have to right now how else are you how else do you make a point in the world? There's so much noise. Yeah. You can't really be subtle, but you also need some breaks. And I feel like um, my the, that ease felt really good. And I feel like there's a little more breathing. Like there, there is a looseness, I felt like, this year. I do think it gets a little more serious as, as it goes along. I'm sure. And I'm just finished. I actually haven't finished nine and ten. I'm up to eight. So I haven't seen the whole season. So you're, you're still in the dark. You have and no idea. And I will say we shoot a lot of stuff that doesn't get used. So I really am in the dark. Like I never really know what's, you know, we shoot a lot. And then they edit right. and there's storylines that change and things that you think are going to happen. You go, oh, that's gone now. So I'm not absolutely 100% sure how we end. Do they do that for the same reason that Game of Thrones is shooting multiple no. endings? <laughs> because you just – the paparazzi. Yes, that's what it is. We're trying to mislead our – no. It's because we're a very alive uh, – Organism. Yes. Transparent is not a normal television show. Um, and it, it because it it has an improvisational style while it's actually shooting that isn't just based on improv. It's actually like in editing, in storytelling, mm-hmm. in what's in what episode. Like Jill and the writers never stop until they're done editing. Like we don't we don't go to work and have the script and then shoot the script and then mm. they edit the script. That's just not the way that it's been. It's been you know, they write and then they rewrite and then we rewrite and then we do some stuff and decide that was the wrong direction and we go back and reshoot and do some other stuff. I mean, it's just like it's very alive. So I'm not totally sure how we end up. But I, I definitely know from what I shot that I had like a very easygoing, um, normal sort of experience <laughs> compared to years past. How do you feel about that? Although I was in a threesome half the time, so I'm not sure why I think that. But I think because <laughs> Alia and Rob Hubel, who I am yeah. with, were so pleasant and we're not miserable. Like we're exploring something together, but right. it's not really scary. Like I've been in other things in other seasons that Sarah was either really uh, apprehensive about mm-hmm. or triggered by mm-hmm. or she was lying or she was cheating. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the first time that she's trying to express herself in her sexual life without lying. And so she's actually kind of happy. I mean, it gets tripped up, of course, like everything does. But, right. but um, 
in general, it's like a, they're also really joyous people to work with. So it just wasn't very painful. I've, I've noted when I was thinking about this, because I, as, as we discussed, I discovered midway through preparing that you were an actress. Yes. So I, I had to <laughs> um, really change my notes drastically. But I, I did notice um, that on Transparent, you have often been partnered with um, professional funny people yeah. who are also great performers and great actors. Yeah. And one of the joys of the show is that it gives people a chance to, to play both sides. Yeah. But um, Laura Hardin, um, Ali Shawkat, Tig Notaro, Jason Manzukas, Zooks, um, yeah, Zooks. Uh, Rob Hugel. Who literally has a line this year that boundaries are how you teach people how to treat you. And I was like, well, we've gone to a whole new level when Manzukas <laughs> has that line. Exactly. You yeah. put it in that mouth. Yeah. Rob Hubel. Yeah. This whole season. Um, how, as a, again, as I've just learned as an actress, yes. how does, how does that change the experience for you as a performer who it's you're playing so off fun. of on set? I mean, I don't ever want to do, I came from really serious theater in Chicago. Right. Like I was always a crack addict or the mother of an abducted child or both. I mean, there was just, if you're lucky, you get if both. I, if I'm lucky, I mean, I did a lot of Tracy Letts stuff oh, and yeah. I just was part of a very hardcore theater scene. Um, and you know, it was amazing, but I didn't realize until I got cast. Well, the first comedy I ever did, honestly, was the vagina monologues in Chicago. And I never even was ever part of anything that caused people to laugh. And I was like, oh, my God, that's just like the greatest feeling in the yeah. world. And then I did A Serious Man in when I turned like 40. Mm -hmm. You know, it changed this whole world for me because like Louis saw it and then he hired me on Louis and then – uh, you know, Jeff Garland saw me on Louie and brought me in for Curb. And like it just started – and then I became Paul Reiser's wife. And mm -hmm. it just started to spin into comedy. And so for me – and I know a lot of people feel like Transparent isn't a t typical comedy or maybe even a comedy at all. But what I think makes it so funny is she does – use and so brilliant is she uses like really profoundly funny people yeah. and puts them in – very deep situations, and I think it just is so such a brilliant idea, you know. Oh, it's nothing is more compelling dramatically to me than being than being made to feel slightly unstable. Yeah. And the, the laughs come, and then the stuff behind it comes, and 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 I connect to that as a fan of television, but also the the Judaism of the show. Yeah. Uh, that's a big one for me too, because the the level of inappropriate comments or the the joke coming that's the wrong time for that joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's very familiar to me. Yeah, we're deeply Jewish. Yeah, we we're often say we're if people always talk about us being sort of a queer show, but we're like also yeah. the most Jewish the show most, ever the, made. Transparent. <laughs> Is so Jewish that sometimes I become uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. like it's like hanging a mezuzah on your door in, in you know in, in, in the West Bank or something. Like I just like yeah, it makes yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that people that are saying the quiet part showing. loud. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, but I, but I can't get enough of it. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is amazing to me because the if you're running the numbers on the Pfeffermans, it's not a high Jewish percentage in the cast. Right? <laughs> no, it's really funny. Well, first of all, Judith Light, who just looks like such a Goya, is like totally yeah. Jewish, big time Jewish. Yeah. And Jeffrey's big time Jewish. Yeah. But the kids are not. Gabby Hoffman. Now, how do you have a I name know. like Gabby Hoffman and not be Jewish? Let me tell you, she's been passing for years. I mean, she that is the most Jewish name <laughs> on the and most Jewish looking yeah. girl. She's not Jewish. Yeah. Jay Duplass, Catholic from yeah. New Orleans. So weird. What is a bearded Jew boy? I think if you took off the beard, maybe it would be clear. No, no, I'm telling you. No, he's he really looks Jewish. Yeah, he does. And I have the most Jewish, and I'm only a quarter Jew. It's my my dad's 
father, but he escaped World War II. I feel very connected to that yeah. part of me. Like well, they're dominant genes, I think. And yes, yeah. <laughs> indeed. And I feel like because this, you know, Germany has made reparations to my family that yeah. I'm, I'm in fact Jewish. Oh yeah, you're in. Yeah. I'm also, in. you've been on transparent. You're and in. I'm in on transparent. I, I yeah. think, but it, I'm Jewish, as they say. But as soon as you say the words "standing order" at Cantor's yeah. out loud, it's like it's like saying Beetlejuice. Like you become Jewish. You yes. That. Yes. Um, I agree. The show, and I say this again only as a fan, and you know, reading interviews and sort of being aware of the as the show has developed. It's unique to me in a lot of ways, but I think it's been especially unique in the way that it appears to have been transformational in the lives of people involved in the show Mm -hmm. and transformational as an entity. You said a living organism, which Mm -hmm. I I really appreciate. I think that's accurate. I think there's a a model for TV shows where the first season you're trying to figure it out. Second season, if you're lucky, you figure it out and you just do the thing you're good at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Transparent seems to reject that in a lot of ways. Um, I'm waiting for like everyone to be wildly upset with us. But so far, everyone's willing to come along. Yeah. And and to read interviews, you know, making the show has changed Jill in a lot of ways. It's um, the the way the show has approached the the issues that it covers has changed and representation. The freaking country has changed. The country has changed. So <laughs> let, let's make this about you. Yeah. Um, how have I changed? Yeah. How, is, how has this show changed you? And, and I don't even mean necessarily it's politically, huge. No, just it's in your massive. life. massive. <laughs> um, it's like a tectonic uh, shift. Um, I, I, I feel like before I got on – well, it's interesting. In some ways, it sort of brought me back to something, which was I used to work at the AIDS Foundation of Chicago as a day job. I used mm-hmm. to fundraise for the LGBTQ community. I have this affinity. and I don't know where it comes from, and it's not like I'm gay or my family – anyone in my family that I know of is gay, mm-hmm. um, trans. I do have some bi relatives. But like I don't it, – it's been a weird calling, <laughs> if you will – Part of also being from the theater community, it's where it's an incredibly right. gay community, um, and I've just always felt very connected to this tribe. Um, and Jill is from Chicago, and her and her sister are from Chicago, and had a theater company. Me and my sister are from Chicago, had a theater company with my sister. Um, Jill grew up listening to my dad. You know, I we have because, because he was a, a successful a big, and popular yes, radio yes, DJ, not right. because he was lecturing. No, her no, or, he's a, a, a rock and roll disc jockey in Chicago at WLS. Soon to be inducted in the soon Hall of Fame. Soon to be inducted in the Radio Hall of Fame, November second in Chicago, um, and along with Sean Hannity, which is a tragedy. Oh. Um, and I don't know how to deal with that, oh, but I'll figure it out. That's going to be an awkward. I'm going to make some noise, um, but I, you know, I, I. I feel like there's something about a coming home when you because an Alexander Billings who's on our show mm-hmm. I've known um, from the Chicago theater community for many many years mm. um, there's something about like taking my the old part of my life which was um, you know Chicago and theater and um, and you know the AIDS Foundation and now it's like on this level where I I am able to have like a job that actually has created a stability as an actor, which is a very strange experience that very few actors get mm-hmm. to have. And it has given me a peace of mind. And um, I mean, little things have changed, which are really superficial and stupid. But I'm like watching season four and I realize like I'm I mean, this is really stupid, but hey. Like I'm the heaviest I've ever been as an actor on camera. I used to think like I had to be really skinny hmm. to be an actor. Right. That was part of the rules. Yes. I had to 
look a certain way. I had to present my – I wore a lot of fake eyelashes and fake tan and and I still do for a red carpet. Like I'm still very girly that way. But like I would go to auditions. Like mm-hmm. it was like – it was like I would go to casting calls at NBC and be told to wear a low-cut top. And like it was a very – I was a very like driven, wanting something but feeling like if I wasn't a certain way, I wasn't going to get it. What the show has taught me and, – and look, I'm lucky so I'm not – I can't say this is a universal rule. But like there's an odd power actually when you don't – that's sort of what the show's about, right? It's like, what if you don't play the game? Yeah. Like, what happens to your life then? Like, what if you just are yourself? Whatever the game is, like, meaning like, yeah, if I still want to like, like Gabby Hoffman is disinterested completely in like hair dye, shaving her armpits, any of that stuff. And that's amazing. And I wanted to be like her when I met her and I was mm-hmm. wishing I was more like that. Mm-hmm. And then I just realized it's so, just figure out what you want to be in this. But mm-hmm. what I don't want to be in this is like a woman who's starving herself, who's pulling my skin every direction I possibly can, who's thinking that if I get older, you know, I'm going to be 48 next week. I talk about my age. I like to talk about my age. I don't mm-hmm. want the world to tell me I can't talk about my age. Mm-hmm. I'm so fucking tired. Are we allowed to swear on oh, the yeah. podcast? <laughs> of like the the feeling that I – and I still succumb to it. Trust me. I mean my my girlfriend and I were texting – not my, my, my friend who's a woman um, who we were – I was watching, you know, an episode that I felt I, – I couldn't help it. Like my – my my the, the the programming just kicked in. I'm like, I'm fat and middle aged. It was just like, oh, my God, look at myself. How mm-hmm. could I let that? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, that is what is that message? Where did that come from? Because certainly not my boss on yeah. this show. Certainly this show isn't about that. And why are people so in love with this show? Because it's allowing them to feel like you don't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have to be female or male you don't have to be gay or straight you don't have to be black or white like you you don't have to be thin or fat you get to be whatever the fuck you want to be mm-hmm. right that's what we're about and yet i still have you know we were like she said why do we do that to ourselves you know i'm like well i've got like 48 years of like ads and magazines and a culture yeah you know uh, uh now a president who values women if they look a certain way you know so so it's been a lot about accepting myself in a way that i feel like i mean i'll still like like i said fall prey to insecurities but I don't let it win i'm not gonna like take that to work yeah i'm not gonna say like will you make me look prettier like can i have more makeup or can i wear like i'm not gonna allow that part um and then you know on a personal level i feel like sarah did some things that i could relate to in terms of not being genuine in my life and not knowing what the hell i wanted and hurting people in the process of that and um and it really was a wonderful place for me to exercise those demons. Mm. And I feel like I've kind of come to a whole new – like now for me, like being a present parent and like work is not the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have the luxury of a job, so it's easier. But also in my personal life, I am very calm and very um, settled and I can't say that I've ever felt that way. And I feel like s- s- this process allowed that to happen for me. That's wonderful. And I think rare. Yeah. And I, I think he <laughs> said jealously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I think you're also you've, – you've nailed something about the show that is so powerful and um, destabilizing. And I mm-hmm. think not in a negative way. But the, the, the psychological effect of the show is basically to say – well, what if there really aren't rules? Yeah. What if these rules are arbitrary? What yeah. if that voice is inherited or borrowed or yeah. rehearsed from somewhere else? Then what? Yeah. And I think one of the more remarkable transitions of the show, and I, this loops back to what I was saying at the beginning about this new season, is that in a TV show, unlike in a movie or a play, 
you can have the inciting incident. You can have the dramatic rejection of norms or, you know, the crisis in the family, uh, many crises mm-hmm. when it comes to the Pfeffermans. Mm-hmm. And then what? Yeah. And the show lives in the and then what, and then what yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's a... Where the best drama comes from, but I mean, it also it's kind of amazing, the... right? The biggest secret is said at the end of the pilot. Exactly. It's we're not. This, that's not the reveal of this. No, that's it's, the it's, inciting incident. And then the cracks just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to it's dramatically so rich, but also you know, as an audience, that's where things get icky. That's where it becomes yeah, yeah, uncomfortable to watch. And, right, right. And as you said, even you have trouble watching. Yes, it absolutely. Times. Yeah, it's true. Um, but I wonder if part. I, I wanted to ask you about. Um, your performance specifically, and I wonder if it loops into what we're talking about. Because in, in watching the show, one of the great joys of watching your performance is how it is never off. Um, and when I, I know it sounds like I'm saying you're in a, like a, in a pageant and you're waving. What I mean is, in every scene, you are you appear to be 100 percent alive and present. Oh, that's nice. And thinking specifically of this new season, there's a great opening scene in the premiere of a, a brunch. Oh, of, yeah. of a nosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the cantors pick up at this time at Josh's um, austere palace yes, in Silver yes, Lake, yes. and it's cut in a very interesting way, and it's very artistic, and it's um, sort of everyone's personal experience is being tracked. That's not Sarah's scene in quotes, mm-hmm. but in every moment, I, when watching just you, you are alive to what everyone else is doing. Yeah. You are alive in this family, and you can sort of read the same reactions. Everyone's reacting to the same things. Um, that seems like obviously the goal for acting in general, but particularly on a set like this, on a show like this, it would seem to be crucial. Thank you for saying that. I, I, I've I, never felt more free in a job. I don't know what – like my uh, – one of the – my boyfriend says this thing about being innocent to the moment mm-hmm. and um, – Sometimes I feel like, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. Like, I'm not the one. I've never gotten a nomination for the show, right? I think mm-hmm. everybody else has. <laughs> and there's been a discussion amongst everybody because, you know, people seem to like me, in, even in the cast. Very, very kind. <laughs> very, very kind, you know. Yeah. Um, and what it, what, what, why, what is it that's not causing people to vote for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and – and part of me honestly feels like I don't really deserve to be voted for because I'm not really creating a performance so much as I'm trying to just like show up and be free. And I and I feel like maybe that's also why it's not triggering a certain response because it's like I'm really – my goal with this and I don't know how it started except I, I do think part of it is Jill's sort of – you know, emotional direction and Jim Frona, who's our DP, mm-hmm. he shoots emotionally and like we improv a lot off of what we have, which is incredible writing. And then we're allowed to take it where we want to take it. Um, but I just sort of and I do think coming from a theater background, like I don't think about how I look while we're shooting. I don't think about what I'm wearing. I never look at myself. I won't even look at myself in the mirror when I go to the bathroom between takes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be associate. I don't want to be orientated to that. I mm-hmm. just want to be with these people. And so I think that's – I think I've done that successfully. But I've seen stuff like this year where I'm just like, no, I don't think it's good enough because I don't think I'm actually doing enough work behind it. Wow. But it's probably hard to watch yourself and I'm not going to – you know, and, and that's neither here nor there. If I watched myself and I thought it was amazing, you should hate me anyway. But um, <laughs> but uh, maybe that's – but that's what it is. For me, it's like I just don't – I don't do a lot of preparation. You hmm. know, I want uh, to just be – She's probably the closest to me behaviorally too, not situationally. I'm not as nuts as Sarah. I mean, people are constantly projecting on me like yeah. that I must be very 
you know, I don't know, progressive. <laughs> and I'm not, but I'm open. I will yeah. say I'm an open person. And I think that Sarah is, and I'm sort of playing kind of my 13 year old self. Like I'm playing Sarah at an adolescent stage. Um, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, so well, I had a question about that, but but specifically to to the the part you're playing in the sort of journey that you've taken Sarah on, in in relation to some of the other characters, it is it is less. Um, I'm trying to think of the right word for this. Targeted. Does that make sense? Mm. Uh, other characters, certainly within not just within episodes, but within seasons, have had a goal mm-hmm. that they are shooting for, mm-hmm. whether it's um, professionally or romantically, um, situationally, uh, transitionally. I mean. A, a stated goal. Yeah. Um, Sarah has these wants. Yeah. And this and this oh, larger unhappiness yeah. Um, yeah. that doesn't have the same guideposts. Yeah. And and I wonder it doesn't seem to have much like life a set destination. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's sort of a way to answer the question as to why it's not noticed as much. But I wonder what that does to you as a performer because you are have to stay. You're staying on this path and trusting in this path, but. You know, I don't know what you have to orient yourself to. Um, The the only stuff that honestly, if I was just being honest, that's scary is the sex stuff. Like I'm pretty open emotionally to playing. I mean, raging was tough. There was a couple of raging scenes last season. Raging anger, not not beating up the beat at a rave. No, yeah. Rage. I miss that. Raging on people is hard. Mm -hmm. I would go home and, you know, be very depleted by that. Um, But. I felt I was reading about Mother with um, Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. and um, and the Darren Aronofsky, Aronofsky yeah. both were described in this article as being able to go in and out of like trauma without bringing it with them. Mm-hmm. I, I actually feel like I'm gotten pretty good at that. Hmm. Like I don't, I don't get. I've I've had a very incredible experience shooting this show. Where I mean, except for the first season where I was going through my own personal stuff. Um, and I was also terrified and didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> um, but once that settled, and, and you're starring in a show yeah, that, from I mean, the place that makes paper towel deliveries. And yes, it's all, exactly. Yeah. It was all very disorienting. I was get, I was, you know, had just gotten divorced, just moved to LA. Oh wow! Just been on, just had a huge breakup with someone post-divorce, and just was like, I didn't know what, I didn't know what I was doing here. And then I landed in this show that I didn't know. It was like some strange fever dream. So that was tricky. But ever since then, I've really had a wonderful time um, and not felt. But then I'll tell you what's weird is the release dates. Like this is when I get weird yeah. Um, because I realize you're going to watch it. And like when I'm shooting it, I don't think about that. I don't think about that someone's going to see it. And then I get self-conscious. And then I think about everything I did. And then I think, oh, my God, I can't believe I did all that. And then everyone tells me how courageous I am and it makes me feel terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Well – because it, courageous can also feel like people are saying, I, I I could never do that, so you're crazy. Yeah. How can you be so crazy that you, you went would too do far that? Over yeah. The and also, it's code for you look so terrible and real. <laughs> uh, How amazing that you're willing to do that. No, that's the voice in your head. I, think. I don't know. I've oh. had people say to me, What are they doing on that show to make you look so bad? It's <laughs> incredible. You're so much better looking in person. And I know they mean that as a compliment. Oh, boy. But honestly, all you think is like, I'm unacceptable. You know, I've, I mean, Lena Dunham said the same thing. People are – I want to say to Lena Dunham, you changed my life. You're so incredible. And I know what she's going to take that is, is like you're you're not typically attractive. Thanks right. for sharing your body. Like you can't – that's what I was trying to say earlier. You can't have it both ways. You want to be a feminist, 
you want to be free, and yet you still have a little voice in your head that wants to look like the perfect person. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not immune to that. Yeah, you want to you want to break free of the cycle, but then by praising, exactly. you are aligning your thinking with that cycle. Exactly, exactly. We're caught. Yeah, there's like it's catch twenty two. But but yeah, now is when I feel the most un- unease. I, I've I've talked a lot and written about the the way the the binge model and the dumping the season. Yeah, I affects. hate that too. Yeah, so I wonder. It's, like as it's a, fucking done. I bet half the people who hear this will already be done. Yes. I mean that's the other thing. It it feels like this gross, you know, like. 24-hour rave party that now we're just all hung over from because you shoot it, you promote it, you live it, you breathe it, you do all this work. And then it's just like literally – like sucked up into people's heads over a 48-hour yeah. period and the next thing they're saying is when's the next season? I'm or like, we haven't even started. It's just you know? in the content library now in the cloud yeah. and I miss the weekly. I do too. You could be part of a conversation for like longer. It. I don't like yeah, it. I don't, I don't like that either. I wondered about that from a performer perspective. I hate it. I really do. I feel like it's it's so anticlimactic and disappointing. But, I mean, it's like I want to – yeah, I want people to feel it. I want – how do you feel something if you – I mean, and then again, I love binging. I mean, I'm a great binger, but um, – It feels very pfefferminy actually to sort of overshare yeah. and have <laughs> yeah, be very emotionally demanding of someone over a very intense short amount of time. Yes. So this, Totally. I, I can't – but I will say um, I can't binge transparent. You can't. I cannot. Oh, good. It's too it, hard. It it's too, too deep. Much. It's too. That's because you have a brain. No, <laughs> no, other people have brains. I'm not saying. I mean, it, no, but you probably really are processing it. It's built in a way, and I think they've gotten. I think Jill and, and her team have gotten actually better at being creative about this. Like the season, the act, the episode breaks are are surprising, and yeah. they are uh, they're enough to leave you on, but they're also enough to keep you going. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I appreciate. They're still episodes, which yeah. matter to me. Yeah. But even so, I I I. I I need to. I need to step back. Yeah, it is. It's like visiting your family. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'll, I'll use I statements like I was taught in college. Like visiting my family, <laughs> maybe not yours. Your father, I met. He seemed like a lovely man. That was a microaggression. Yeah, it was a little bit, right? <laughs> um, so just uh, just pivoting forward, um, there is another season at least. Yeah, of we got to picked come. up for five. Um, I know Jill is stepping down as showrunner. Yeah, that's not really true. She's she's been saying on the press junket that's fake news. Yeah, I was wondering about that because she, I can't imagine. No, she's. We have someone coming in. She was really not there as showrunner technically last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's there. She'll always be there. And in fact, I mean, I wrote her this email about there was a feeling amongst the cast that we wanted her there more. Mm-hmm. And when I watch the show, I see her in every storyline, mm-hmm. in every frame. Um, and actually, I have to say too, I feel like I'm self conscious because I've been told by some people that. Jill is now non-binary, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be using they pronouns, mm-hmm. so I apologize. I haven't actually had a conversation with them about that, yeah. which I need to, to find out how they want to be Sounds discussed. like another, another email needs yes, to be written. Yes, another email needs to be written. So every time I say she, I'm like, I'm not sure that's, that's correct anymore. Um, yeah, there's a lot of change. I think that Allie's storyline, if you want to know what's going on with Jill, is probably most aligned there. Um, how, how As Jill, a viewer, I think yeah, that's an easy thing obvious. to do. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. I mean, although I've had some people think that it's me, and I'm like, I'm some parts of what's going on, but but more especially spiritually and intellectually and emotionally, mm-hmm. um, Allie's really, especially this year, mm-hmm. I don't feel right. I, something's wrong. We're, I'm in the wrong place. What the hell's going on? I mean, I think being a part of this, like, cultural revolution and then having Trump get elected was so shocking that there's this just lack of knowing or wanting to play any game mm-hmm. on any level. In fact, Jill said on 
The Daily Show that the non-binary is really just for like them to annoy people, which I think is actually a perfectly valid, amazing. Um, but yeah, um, sorry. What were we talking about? I got off on oh, the just, binary. Just, just the show going forward with. Oh, yeah. Issue. So someone's coming in. Because Jill's also become quite a movement. She's uh, a mogul. Yeah, they're they're a mogul. They're a mogul, they're a mogul running. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out after. Jill we, is a mogul. We can, yes, let's say Jill. That's good. Jill is a mogul. Um, speaking publicly, making art, and uh, you know they had. Uh, I love Dick. I don't know what's going on with that now, but there's always a million projects going mm-hmm. on at Topple. So, but technically, there will be no difference. There, we will feel no difference. And Jill's sister, J- uh, Faith, also writes on the mm-hmm. show. Um, and it's just a deeply personal story of their family. So there's mm-hmm. no way, and I don't. There's no way to do it without them. Yeah, and I actually felt this goes back to my first comment. Like the, the show is, appears to be settled into something. It's never going to be a traditional show, right? And thank goodness. Yeah. But some traditional TV DNA can be nice with the sense of like we're just going to keep going. Yeah. There's always some place else. Well, to I'm keep most going. heartened by the fact that there's a lot of discussion of it. You know, at least seven seasons, and mm-hmm. uh, and maybe beyond that. And I I feel like we really are only halfway. And then a movie. And yes, then the and a musical. Universe. I think they're actually making a musical. That I can see. Yeah, no, that's for real. I believe a that. Broadway musical that Faith is working on, but that is a transition. And I apologize for my cavalier misuse of the word, but that is a transition <laughs> I can see. Yeah, quite that easily. makes a lot of sense. Well, Jesus Christ Superstar, right, is like a huge theme this year. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the musical theater. There's there's certain tribes, yes. not just yes, the chosen exactly. tribe, that are very well That's represented right. in the DNA of the show. That's right. Um, before I let you go, um, you mentioned Funny or Die. Oh, yeah, you which on. you didn't know about. No, well, again, I do <laughs> no research. No, um, no it's good. Um, I had a really – I thought I had an amazing idea, and it turns out I did. <laughs> there you go. Um, I wasn't – speaking of really funny, incredibly funny people, Carrie Aisley, who is an improviser on our show from – she plays um, my life coach in season two mm-hmm. um, and the woman who blocks my entrance to the board of the uh, temple in season three – uh, I walked out of the scene I had with her in season two and said, that's one of the funniest improvisers I have ever met in my whole life. And I just want to see them do more of that. So I had – and Sarah Pfefferman, the character I play, won like a bunch of a bunch of sessions with her at a school raffle. Yeah. So I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to throw – to have Sarah give those sessions away to other Pfeffermans and put them into oh, – yes session with her and I was going to direct this and I pitched it to Funny or Die and Amazon and they uh, said if I could get the Emmy nominees which was Jeffrey, Catherine and Judith mm-hmm. to participate I w- they would pay for it and they all said yes um, I ended up making like 11 shorts, the last one's being released was released Thursday with Michaela Watkins I have Tig Notaro, I have Melora Hardin I have Rob Hubel, I have, basically, I have Alexander Billings, I basically have I have Jay, I have the entire cast of Transparent in session with Carrie Aisley in little three-minute shorts. And you directed these? I directed them all and awesome. edited them all with um, with my editor over there who's amazing. And, uh, and Funny or Die has been amazing, I have to say. Um, and uh, it was absolute joy. The, our DP came in and shot it for me. Our costumer came in and dressed everybody. Our set decorator came and made the set. Wow. We used Topple's offices. I did it over two days over the summer, and there wasn't a single person except for Jason Manzukis who said no to me. 
Wow. <laughs> no, he was out of town. I still. He was that like, goes against the improviser's code. Yeah. Exactly. Let me tell, let me tell you something. As someone who has invited him to take part in things, he has literally yes. never said no. He's like, I was, I'm out of town, but he also said something very, very true, and and I, it really struck. He said. I told him how how many people had said yes. He goes, I'm not surprised at all. I've never worked on a show with that much goodwill in my life. That's and wonderful. and I just want to make one sort of political comment here after what just happened this weekend with the NFL. The the reason that those owners finally sided and other players is because when it's personal, when mm-hmm. you know someone, you have a very different relationship to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what this show when you say, what, how did it change me? Like, I am personally close to many trans people now. Mm-hmm. Their well-being and their protection is personal to me. Mm-hmm. That's why you saw that happen this weekend. And I think that we have to make – the fans aren't – it's not personal. They're like booing across this yeah. – you know, because it's not personal. They don't – they're not friends with those people. You have to know people's stories. You have to know them in order to understand them. And that's what makes – the show so powerful. There should be uh, probably is a word in German for the that phenomenon. Yeah, there's and like it, Schadenfreude, but why isn't there? <laughs> exactly, there's so many good words. The... But this phenomenon that we see again and again, where a and I'm I don't actually I'm not going to apologize for painting with a certain brush here, but when a Republican um, political person or in office office holder suddenly takes a more traditionally liberal stance on an issue because my daughter is yes. my son right. is well wasn't it Cheney's was it Cheney's daughter, Cheney's daughter. yeah I always so say he's... that's why we have same sex marriage yeah. I was so grateful that Caitlin's a Republican. I want there to be – I don't think she's done any freaking good, but yeah. the, at least we'll open eyes. There at least she goes in and talks to Republicans about yeah. trans issues. You did see some trans senators come out and speak about trans people in a way like Orrin Hatch, for God's sake. Not trans senators, although I appreciate no, you saying that. No, not trans senators. Sorry. Trans, love... Republican senators. There will be someday. Yeah. But – even using the word trans correctly, even sure. speaking about this was so new, you know, but it's because someone in the family, yeah. your daughter had a mixed race, you know, mixed race kid. And now you love, you know, African-Americans, your, yeah. you know, your nephew is trans. So now you understand that it's like, but it has to be personal. And I don't actually hold it against people who can't affect change in their own lives without that, without that access. That's how we learn anything. Exactly. So I, this is par- a small part of that. But I, you know. I, I agree. My biggest... In many ways, one of the largest stories from this weekend are things that I think deserves the most attention is exactly that. When the former NFL coach Rex Ryan gets on a pregame show and he says, I voted for this guy. What the heck is this coming from? These aren't the players. He's not talking about the league I know. It's like, well, first of all, who did you think you were voting for? Right. But as soon as he talks about your house. Right. Well, and people were very upset. I mean, a lot of my liberal friends even like, screw them. You know, where were they when he was calling Mexicans rapists? I'm like, they don't care until it's personal to them. The big the thing that has to happen is how do we make things personal to people who don't understand them? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's we. It has to be that way. It doesn't surprise me. I think it's maybe short sighted and unfortunate. And there are people with like big hearts who get more beyond their own immediate experience. But that's actually not typical, you know, particularly of white men in our country. Sorry, mm-hmm. no offense, <laughs> but you know, it's like if you haven't been. If you haven't been otherized, mm-hmm. it's hard to identify with that issue. It's like you're saying, oh, you're you're a you know, millionaire sports guy. What do you have to complain about? Well, I am also like a successful middle-aged you know, actress. That doesn't mean I don't understand the plight mm-hmm. of, my, of the statistics around me mm-hmm. and how rare I am mm-hmm. and have no identification for people who weren't as lucky as I am. Mm-hmm. So – but if you never had that, you can't understand it. Which I think, and forgive me if I'm trying to tie too neat a bow on it, but I think that's one of the great um, gifts of a show like Transparent, which is expressly a political show, but 
it, it but it it is a political show solely through empathy, art, Yeah, we don't even talk emotion. about Trump this season, and everyone wanted to know what we were going to say. His name is never spoken. We don't talk about the election. It is political in its very nature, yeah, you know. But and, just by and, existing, and, but yeah, through the stories exactly. that it tells, through exactly. the, the art that and it makes. And metaphor and, you know, a much, spirit, a much more deeply – I mean, the whole idea of Israel, Palestine mm-hmm. is about binary, is about blue versus red, mm-hmm. is about separation, is about borders, boundaries. I mean – they're brilliant about taking these very personal things and giving them like a broader context this year. So, yeah, that's that's our little that's our little bow. It's a good bow We're tied up. Um, and I do think <laughs> a nomination is coming for this podcast. I think <laughs> I, I think you were the standout performer today. Thank you. And I think that we should submit. Do you this. have an award that you could just make for me? I, the guys in the next room have been working. <laughs> With aluminum foil yeah, I just and glitter. Think it doesn't have to be anything. You, I'll take it. You de- you deserve it. We were going to give the podcast guest award to Mandzukas. <laughs> I want to say one thing about your podcast, though, recently that I listened to the post Emmys. Here's what's interesting about art. I'm sorry. I know we're done. You can edit this later. This isn't live, right? I mean, no. No. So I can say whatever I want. There was some discussion about A Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to me about art. To me, that is the greatest show of this year. I, I devoured it. Yeah. And her performance is so unbelievable yeah, that it was like undeniable but you have like people on your podcast going, oh, I wasn't that into it sitting after in season. that chair yes I, she's good so that's what's interesting to me about art and when people don't vote for me mm-hmm. it's like I understand like I might appeal to you but I might not speak to somebody else and it doesn't mean that I'm crap <laughs> no which That's the take certainly away. can come up when you're and everyone's feeling bad for you. You're yeah. like, well, I guess nobody likes me. But it's just like it's art, you know. It speaks. To, but to me, yeah, she was a shoe in. I mean, I obviously I don't know what would happen if Game of Thrones was. Oh no, in the I, mix, I but, agree. I think that I think she and I love the Crown more than anything. Like I yeah. really love the Crown. But her performance, the you know, people go, well, I don't know how to tell someone's good at acting. How can you tell? I'm like, well, I don't. What I will tell you about Elizabeth Moss is, if you want to see something unbelievable. The behavior of her life before mm-hmm. the, you know, the transition, if we're going to keep using that, and and that contrast, that performance contrast of like past scenes and present scenes is so beautifully done. I, I think she is the MVP of television. Yeah. I think that what she's capable of doing um, internally. And I'm not just saying that because we share a PR person. I was going to mention it just for the sake of full disclosure. But, but no, that's, that, totally that's not why you're saying it. That's why you're no, both, really, on, that's that's why actually, you're both on my podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Because because Erica takes pity on me. Oh, that's so funny. But uh, but no, I mean I said this to her as well. Like the the what she can do non-verbally and the, her ability to be alive in nothing but trauma in that show yeah. is outrageous. I think that the point that that we were discussing about the show and that you know your your mileage may vary with the show itself was yeah. I felt that the show, especially in, throughout that first season, felt slightly and I don't know if this is accurate noted. And as in people saying, well, we are making a show about a hellish dystopia that is suddenly f- feels very, yeah. very real. Let's end with a pop song. Do Let's you, end each episode with a you get them, you go get them girl kind of. I wonder if that's true. So I would I, be very curious to actually. And I don't know if those notes were explicit from Hulu or if that was those were just like TV brains. We've been working in this for a while. We've got to sweeten the pill a little bit yeah. to get people hooked on what yeah, is yeah. very heavy. And so for me, tonally. I felt a little. I will say that's the one part of it I didn't enjoy that much. It's interesting you point that out. That was the thing. I'd be, no, on I did this episode, feel a little taken out. And I and I felt like that was also, I don't know who who suggested this, but you know, it's streaming. So they were yeah. like, "Well, we got to get you to episode three. We right. know we just um, circumcised this woman, God. but we have to get you to watch the next one. So we're gonna have a voiceover. You know what I mean? And yeah, so yeah, yeah. 
and and I think if you talk to to Lizzie about it, or certainly Erica, your shared publicist, um, <laughs> there's thinking of like, well, you need to, like we were saying with comedy and drama, you need to have some release, release, and they yeah. have to still be June. The character has to be alive, yes, or else what are we watching what, yeah, this for? Totally, it can't I be nihilistic, but yeah, I'm my opinion about that show is I'm very eager to see the second season now that they've been validated and they know what they're doing. Yeah. If they can start, if they can become more What's fully What's fascinating what they are. about it, too, is that it's in development and being made before Trump is elected. Yes. I mean, I was in Beatrice at dinner before Trump was elected, yeah. and it becomes so relevant, and it's creepy. Because yeah. you just don't – you have no idea. I mean, it's weird that Jill was making this show when Caitlin was beginning to yeah. transition. I, I find all that stuff the, so fascinating. I think the most amazing artists are the ones who are weather veins. Yes. You know, who just, yes. Like, what is that? We talked about this right after the I election. I just got chills when you said that. But That's it's true. So they, weird. They're, they're picking up some frequencies yes. That we're not. Yes. The we talked about this on the it's podcast. Like the, 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 the tribe called Quest album came out the week of the election, and it feels so deeply yeah, yeah, post-election yeah, 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 yeah. in its yeah. spirit and what it's saying. But yeah, it, yeah. No, it was recorded yeah, yeah, a year yeah, before. That's right. Um, it's very weird. It's a weird time. Yeah. Um, boy, that, that way, we had a good bow. Yeah, and then we just fucked it up. Now yeah. it's all untied and messy. But that's like transparent. <laughs> there it is. Watch transparent on Amazon. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> 